0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Bible. Their Bible with them. Open your Bible um, for the team out the back. I didn't get them scriptures, but we're going to go. Uh, I'm going to read a few scriptures all from, uh, well, the ones I'm going to directly preach on, from the book of Matthew. And I'm going to start in Matthew 14, verse 22. Read a story from there. Then I'm going to jump to Matthew 7. Twenty-four and twenty-five, and then I'm going to uh, share from Matthew eight twenty-three. Are you doing good tonight? Six of you—that's good. The rest of you, we're praying for. I'm going to uh, uh, let's read part of this story in Matthew fourteen and twenty-two. Uh, immediately, say immediately. immediately. Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. And go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Jesus made his disciples i don 't know what that uh, would have looked like i don 't know why they didn't want to go, uh, but Jesus had to force them to go. He said, "This is what you're going to do there was There was purpose in what Jesus was telling them to do whenever it says something like Jesus made them it it, 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 it represents to us that Jesus believes in the purpose that he is sending them in, that this is not just this random haphazard sort of idea that Jesus says, well, you guys go and do this and I'm going to go over here. No, Jesus so believed in the purpose that he had sent them into that he said, you know what, even though you maybe don't want to do this right now, I'm going to make you do this because there's a purpose um, in what I'm calling you to right now. He says he made them um, do this. While well, he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary, or the wind was against, against them. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. When his disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying, it is a ghost, and they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer, it's I. It's right, don't be afraid. Peter answered and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down on the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him, said to him, you have little faith. Why did you doubt when they got into the boat? The wind ceased and those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, truly you are the son of God. Uh, This is a great story. I like this story. And uh, we preach a lot about this story surrounding faith. We talk a lot about stepping out of the boat. And uh, I want to share tonight, and I'm going to read a few other stories as we move further on in the message. I'm not going to preach for long, but I want to share about um, surviving storms because um, it's a it's something that we're all going to encounter. Um, I feel like sometimes it's almost sometimes we go through seasons in our life where it seems like every other day we encounter a storm of some sort. Different storms have different uh, levels of uh, uh, different levels of of uh, how 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 hard they can be for us to walk through sometimes. Um, or different levels of intensity, I'm sorry. Sometimes we go through storms that you feel like you're actually not even certain that you're going to make it through to the other side. Sometimes you go through storms where um, you are so engulfed by what it is that you're going through that you begin to even question um, whether you're going to make it at all. Sometimes you go through storms that are not necessarily so fierce, they're more like a distraction that can just get you off course and they just rattle you a little bit. But um, regardless of where you are in life or how long you've been a Christian or maybe you're not a Christian and you just wandered in here tonight, um, you're going to go through a storm. Maybe there's people here tonight and you're in a storm right now. Uh, I want to give you some strategies that I believe are in Scripture because all throughout the Bible there are actually uh, many stories that give us scenarios where people found themselves in storms. And this is one of those stories. Um, One of the strategies... Um, that I believe uh, God gives us in Scripture on how to survive a storm or how to make it through a storm we can find um, in this story here. This story, I think, represents um, those storms that we go through that do serve a purpose in our life. This story is speaking of a storm that I'm sure for the disciples while they were going through it and while they were experiencing it, it made absolutely no sense whatsoever. Um, but if we, have, we have the beauty of hindsight whenever we read the word because we know what happens in the story and we know that if it was not for this storm, there would not have been an opportunity for Peter to step out and show that he had victory through Jesus Christ over the storm. That Sometimes we're going to encounter storms in our life um, that have been allowed to come into our life and we don't need to worry because we have to remember that our steps are ordered by God. So if God ordered my steps and my steps directed me into the storm, then he must see something in me that I don't. And he must recognise that there's a strength that he's put inside of me to overcome this storm. And there's a purpose in this storm. One of the ways in which we can have victory over the storm is, write this down because I'm going to give you three tonight. One of the ways is firstly to sail through a storm. If you know anything, which I didn't prior to this sermon, but if you know anything about yachting or sailing, you will know that a sailboat actually needs winds from a storm in order to move forward. If there is no wind, there is no movement. In fact, a sailboat has a way in which it can harness the wind that's actually coming contrary to it, spin that wind into a sail and use that wind that's working against them to actually move them forward. One of the ways in which you can overcome storms in your life is to actually sail through the storm, to actually recognize that maybe this storm that I'm going through, that maybe this storm has actually been allowed, that God is going to use it to grow me and to position me into my purpose, that maybe the answer to overcoming the storm isn't to curse the storm, but it's to sail through it. That you're going to get a victory over this storm as you sail through it. That sometimes we go through storms and our storms have purpose. There's a great story in Acts that talks about Paul, where Paul was shipwrecked in Acts 27 and 28, and he found himself on the island of Malta. Great story, again, of where a storm took place and it seemed like it was hopeless in the moment. It seemed like there was no hope at all. It was all going to fall apart. It was all going to end in absolute disaster. But one of the great things about that story is actually the very last verse of, I believe it's chapter 28 uh, and verse 10, where he says, they also honoured us. This is Paul speaking. In many ways speaking, he's speaking of the people on the island that, that the storm sent Paul to. And Paul says of these people, and when we departed, they provided such things as were necessary. That what Paul is referring to is the island of Malta that they ended up on, ended up giving them things that were necessary for the remainder of the journey. But if it was not for the storm, he would never have been positioned on the island of Malta. That one of the ways we need to be reminded tonight that one of the ways in which we can overcome storms that we go through is when we harness the energy of that storm and sail through it. Sometimes it'll be a storm of hurt and rejection that'll teach you forgiveness. Sometimes it'll be the storm of pain through what you're walking through that'll help you hold on to His promise. Sometimes it'll be the storm of lack that's going to teach you what faith is. Sometimes it's the storm of disappointment that teaches us how to be resilient. Sometimes we're going to face storms that if we did not face those storms, we would not be able to utilise the energy that's in that storm to push us into the purpose that God has for us. Sometimes our storms have a purpose. The only way to make it through those storms is to sail through it. Jesus came to them when they, were, they had been sent by God out onto the water. They had been sent by Him. There was a purpose upon their life. I shared it at the start that He made them step into it. He believed so much in the purpose that was upon their life. He said, you're going to go out there and you're going to do what it is that I've told you to do. That there was a mandate upon their life to do something for the kingdom of God in this moment. We've got to remember that whenever we are obedient to the work of God and to the will of God in our life, we start to step into the purpose that God has for us. And any time we start walking in God's purpose, we're going to face persecution. Anytime you start believing for great things over your life, the enemy's going to come and try and bring a storm to stop you and a storm to hold you back. Jesus came walking to them on the water and the Bible says that they were afraid. Sometimes the solution can be scarier than the storm itself. Isn't it interesting that they're in a storm? And the solution to the storm is Jesus, but they're scared. They're more scared of the solution than they are of the storm. Sometimes the things that we need to face in order to sail through a storm can sometimes be scarier than the storm itself. That maybe for those of you that are going through a situation in your marriage or a storm in your marriage right now, maybe the solution for that is to actually face some internal battles, some internal bitterness, some internal hurt, some internal shame that's going to bring you out of the storm that your relationship is in right now. But that solution looks scarier than the storm itself. There's ways in which we can sail through the storm. We know that Mary and Joseph, remember the story of Mary and Joseph. And the Bible says that King Herod was coming out to kill Jesus. when Jesus was a baby. And the Bible says that God came and God spoke to Mary and Joseph. And what did he tell? Where did he tell them to go? He said, I want you to go back to Egypt. Hang on a sec. Isn't Egypt the place that represented bondage for the Jewish people? Why would God ask them? to go and face something that could potentially look scarier than the storm that they are in. See, this is where we have to be obedient to the voice of God, despite how scary it might look, that there is purpose in the plan that he has for our life. And when we're obedient to it, we can sail through any storm. This storm that they were sent into had a purpose one of the ways in which we are able to sail through storms or to journey through difficult times is if you look at, and I was reading up on this a little bit, if you look at sailing and what it takes in order for a sailboat to actually sail through a storm, I want to tell you that it does not just take one person in order to do it. I want them to throw that clip up on the screen real quickly. You'll know something if you if you look or know anything about sailing, you'll know that in order to sail through a difficult storm, that it might look like the sailboat is just cruising nice and calm across the waters with its sails open, but it takes more than one person in order to get there. It takes a team. The one of the ways in which the enemy can cause a storm in your life that you're called to sail through, that one of the ways in which the enemy can cause that storm to actually stop you is to isolate you from the people that God has put in your life that want to band together with you and help you get through this season of storm in your life. That we have to remember that if you want to sail, you need some other people in your corner that can help you do what you need to do in order for you to get to where God has called you to get to. I know it's not complicated or deep preaching, but I'm amazed at how many people and how many Christians I see fail out on their destiny and purpose just because the enemy was able to isolate them, pull them out of their small group, pull them away from their community, pull them out of attending church and cause them to be by themselves. And they wonder why the storm has victory in their life. We don't just put on small groups because we're bored here as a staff. Listen, we have plenty to do throughout the week. The last thing we need to do is start a course called Next Steps just because we want to start Next Steps because we don't have anything else that we want to do and we thought it'd be a catchy thing to talk about on Sunday. These are opportunities for you to get people around you that maybe you don't feel like you need them right now, but I promise you, if you just keep living each and every day, you're gonna wake up one day and you're gonna be in the middle of a storm and you're not gonna have the strength in yourself to get through it and sail through it victorious. And you're gonna need that person in the small group. You're gonna need that person that you met at the divine boot camp. You're gonna need that person that you met at the men's night. We need a community around around us in order for us to have victory in our storms you need people more and more in modern day society through our technology that we have and advanced technology and social media we have more opportunities to connect with people but there are less conversations happening than ever before we have a generation of young people coming up that do not know how to talk to one another if it's not via text or social media. We as the church have got to continue to create a community around us because I want to tell you there is power in togetherness. If you want to sail, if you want to sail through a storm, you're going to need each other. The second thing that I'll show you that can help you have victory over a storm in your life. In Matthew 7, verse 20, 24 and 25, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, this is Jesus speaking, and does them. Whoever hears them and does them. Whoever hears them first, then does them. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew. The storm came. And beat on his house, but it did not fall. Why? Because it was founded on the rock. One way you can overcome the storm is to sail through it. Another way you can overcome the storm is to just simply stand in it. Stand in it. We, we say a, a phrase in church, and, and I've, I've said it before many times. Um, but we say, I'm called to thrive, not just survive. Have you ever said that in church? I'm called to thrive, not to survive. I disagree with that. Because sometimes the way in which we actually thrive is to simply just survive. Sometimes the way in which you thrive, sometimes the way in which you have victory is to simply stand there and be the last one standing at the end of the fight. Because sometimes we can go through situations and that's a great thing to preach. We're called to thrive, not just survive. But the reality is, I don't know about you, but I've been through some storms at times in my life. And I feel like the only way I had victory over that storm was to simply just hold my ground and just grit my teeth and make it through standing. That was how I got the victory. I don't feel like I necessarily thrive, but the simple fact that I was still standing at the end of the day, means that I had a victory. How many know what it is to walk through a storm like that? We've got to remember that if we just simply stand. One of the ways in which you can overcome the storm is holding your ground. That's what this verse is talking about. He says you're going to go through a storm. But this type of storm, this is not going to be the storm that you're going to need to sail through. This is going to be the storm where you're going to have to just actually stand your ground. There's nothing pretty about it. There's nothing special about it. It doesn't even preach good. But I want to tell you there's truth to it. If you would just stand your ground in the middle of a storm. How did Noah have victory over the storm? There was nothing special about how he sailed and navigated that ark through the storm, was there? There was no sails on the ark. It was a big, huge chunk of wood with one window, the Bible says. What did he do? He just... that. He was able to overcome, the ark was able to overcome that storm. Why? Simply because it just endured. One of the things, I got them to get me one. This is a, uh, well, it's what they call a, in a sense, a life raft. You'll probably see many of them on on boats or on the sides of boats. There's nothing um, special About a life raft. There's nothing advanced about a life raft. This doesn't have any special navigational equipment on it. This doesn't have any great special mast. It doesn't have any advanced technology around it. But I want to tell you a life raft is created to endure. A life raft will endure, in fact, more storms and greater storms than those more advanced ships and advanced boats simply because of the simplicity in it and what it's designed to do. How does a life raft endure? A life raft endures not because it's so advanced, a life raft doesn't endure because it has all the special technology. A life raft endures because of what has been put inside it, gives it the ability to remain on top of the storm Allowing the storm not to sink it, but it allows it to have victory over the storm the whole entire time. I want to tell you what you put into your life before the storm comes will give you the victory over the storm when the storm hits. So many people sink in a storm because you haven't put the type of things into your life. You haven't pumped up your life with enough pressure of prayer and enough pressure of the Word of God that's going to give you the victory over the storm. And we have too many Christians that when the storm comes, you've got the life raft out and you're trying to pump it up. I want to tell you, if you're trying to pump it up in the middle of the storm, it's too late. The, the, the beauty of this is it has to be done before the storm hits. That's what You, you cannot come to game day and then talk about wanting to get in shape. Too late, bro, you should have been at preseason because that's where we got in shape. That's where we did the runs. That's where we pumped the weights. That's where we got ready. I wanna tell you, if you wanna endure, you've gotta know what it is to get in the Word when you feel like you don't need to be in the Word because if you're getting in it when you need to be, that's when it's too late. You have gotta get the jump on the attacks of the enemy over your life and say, you know what? Every single day, lion upon lion... Precept upon precept, I'm going to feed myself with the Word of God. I'm going to develop a prayer life. I'm going to practice my declaration so that when the storm hits, I'm ready to survive. How do you get through a storm? You stand. David put it like this. David talked about a steadfast spirit. He said, renew in me a steadfast spirit in Psalm 51 and verse 10. It's the preparation. It's the preparation time. Too many people, when they go through challenging times, I'm amazed at how many people show up at church every single week when life gets bad. And I'm not against, you know, I, I think part of that I think is good in the sense of at least you know where you need to be. But why wait till that? Why not develop a lifestyle of Preparation. So that when the storm comes, you're battle ready. So when the storm comes, you've spent that time in the Word of God that's going to give you the equipment and the strength and, and, and the victories that you need to overcome, those challenges that you're facing. This is what Jesus was saying to them. You hear these sayings of mine, preaching, what I'm preaching. If you take what I'm preaching, this is what Jesus was saying to them. If you hear them, And do them, you will withstand. You can sail through it. You can stand in it. And then the last one is you can speak to it. You can speak to it in Matthew 8 and 23. Keys can come. I'm going to get ready. We're going to land the plane soon. 8 and 23, Jesus gets in the boat. Another story of a storm. And Jesus gets into the boat. We know this one. And they're in the boat, and they start cruising. And the Bible says that a storm, storm came up, and uh, Jesus is snoozing. He's chilling. He's not worried about the storm. He's just he's he's hang vibes. He's he's down the back of the boat, laying on a pillow, just chill vibing. And the, these dudes are up there freaking out. Jesus just cruising. And uh, they go, they wake him and uh, Jesus gets up and Jesus is annoyed, as you would be. They woke him up. He was, he's chill vibing and they came and they're like, quick, get up. They're freaking out. One of the verses that I think epitomizes what fear is, is this verse when they say, Master, Master, we are going to drown. Notice how the fear is not based in what's actually happening, but it's based in what they think is going to happen. So often that's the root of our fear, isn't it? The root of our fear is so often in not what is actually happening, but what we think will happen. I'm single and I'm not married. I'm freaking out. Why? Not because you're single. Your fear is not rooted in being single. Your fear is rooted in the fact that maybe you'll never get married. The Bible, the, the, the doctor gave you a diagnosis he said, you've got cancer and fear comes. The fear's not just in the cancer. The fear is what you think that cancer is going to happen. You're going to die. That's where we have to take, Bible says, take every single thought captive. Say, you know what? I'm not going to allow my fear to run ahead. I'm going to pull my fear in line, command my fear to come in line with the Word of God and declare greatness and the promises of God over my life. And so they came out and, and um, Jesus comes out. And he says, this is two things that he does here. In regard to how we have victory over that storm, what Jesus does is he speaks. He speaks. First thing that Jesus does is he speaks to the disciples. He speaks to the disciples. And Jesus says to the disciples, you of little faith. He says, where's your faith? In other words, Jesus is saying to the disciples, step up. He spoke to the disciples and He said, you're you're better than this. Why are you acting this way? He spoke to the disciples and said, I'm paraphrasing. But He said, you need to step up and you need to start walking in some faith. Because it's all good and well for me to come up here and speak to this storm. I shouldn't have had to wake up. You could have spoken to this storm if you knew who you were. See, one of the ways in which you will have victory over your storm is through what you speak. But it's not just through what you speak to your storm. But it's through what you speak to yourself. Because sometimes I've found what gives me the greatest victories in my life is where I speak to myself and say, Ben, you know what? It's time for you to step up. This is not time. We are not of those, Paul said, who shrink back. Ben, you ever had to do that self-talk where you say, you know what, Ben, I know you're going through a storm. I know it feels like all hell, but you've got the victory through Jesus Christ, whether you feel like it or not. Stop laying down, having a pity party and get up and start to speak over your storm. Start to walk in the things that you preach. Start to walk out the Word that you read and Start to walk in victory. you got to know what it is to speak to yourself. I can do all things. And Caressa was giving birth to Luca. Luca was just under 10 pounds. Come on, ladies, pray for... I don't know. I mean, we made it, but I mean, Caressa made it. I was there for moral support, but we're in the delivery room and... and, uh, it's all happening and uh, doctors come in and nurses come in and she's, Chris is doing her thing she's pushing and I was standing there praying with my eyes closed not because I'm so spiritual I just didn't want to look I'm like shabba 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 I'm joking I was there ladies don't look at me like that <laughs> and uh, Luca was nearly 10 pounds doctor comes in and Chris is pushing and Luca got stuck and it was a moment there was a window there for it was a period of time for about must have been eight eight seconds where the whole atmosphere in that room changed very quickly and I didn't know much I still don't know much about childbirth, but you can tell when it gets serious real fast and Luca was sort of half out half stuck and the doctor came and they had to get a vacuum put a vacuum on Luca's head um, and they had; she had to do it four times. For those of you who in the medical field or give birth, you know that's serious. When they do it four separate times, they try and vacuum four times. And Caressa, um, you know, she'd just done. You know, I mean, however, it was almost thirty hours, and so she's completely, utterly exhausted. And uh, and she, in the middle of this this period of time, these these seven seconds, eight seconds. Um, when it was the most critical time, Caressa just hit a wall. She just, you know, I watched it come over her. She was like, I, I, I can't. She had no, nothing left in her. Then I watched our doctor do something. Our doctor, in the middle of all of this, despite how completely exhausted Caressa was, the doctor, without mixing any words, looked at Caressa, pointed at Caressa, And said, Caressa, I need you to push and I need you to push right now. I remember looked at it because I thought I would never get away with talking to my wife like that. (laughs) I admired it. I was like, yeah. (laughs) Where you like from a distance, like. (laughs) But the doctor recognized that there was a window that if she did not step up in that moment, she was saying to Cressa, if you do not step up in this moment, you will miss what you're called to birth. This is not, and I felt like God told me this today as I was preparing to speak over people. This is not a moment for you to back down or for you to give up. Some of you are in a window right now. And if you wanna birth what God has called you to birth, it's time to push in the Spirit. It's time to declare. It's time to preach to yourself. It's time to fast like you've never fasted before. It's time for you to step up in the Spirit. And if you do it, you're about to birth the greatest thing, the greatest breakthrough, the greatest blessing, but it will not come without a fight. I wanna tell you in the unction of the Holy Spirit, it is time to Push in Jesus' Name. It's not time to back down. It's time to step up. I felt like God wanted me to preach to somebody that feels like giving up. I felt that heavy on my heart. If this is the only thing you remember that I preach. You feel like giving up. You feel like stepping back. And you feel like backing down. But right now you are closer to your miracle than you realise. Because sometimes this is what, one of the things I said to Caressa about childbirth that that amazed me so much among so many things. But I said, I was so amazed. There was that moment where It looked like, I mean, I thought, and I know back in the day, women would die from childbirth. It was, it's such a serious thing that's going on. It's so scary. It's so crazy. It's so painful for caress. And I'm standing there watching her go through it. But what amazes me is how quickly everything changes. And those of you mothers and and fathers that have been through it and watched your wives go through it, husband, isn't it amazing how you can go from so such pain and such turmoil and such craziness all of a sudden into so much blessing and so much joy and so much breakthrough? I felt like God wanted me to preach to you today that your breakthrough's coming and it's about to come quickly. If you would step up to the plate in this moment, it's not time to back down. It's not time to hold back. It's time for you to step up in the Spirit, dare to believe that He's faithful, dare to believe that He's true to His Word and say, my breakthrough's coming. It's not about to come slow. It's about to come quickly. In Jesus Christ's Name, why don't you take about 50,